Let's take our Bibles. Let's go to Second Kings. Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. I love this scripture. Hope you'll forgive me. Ever since we've been back in the States, I have been fighting allergies, fighting a tickle in my throat, cough. We two weeks after we got back, we got COVID. And uh while you're finding your place in Second Kings. I'm excited to tell you this part. We needed $50,000 to start the building purchase there in Saranda. We're purchasing the building that we're in. And uh, went to a camp meeting in South Carolina. The Lord gave us $15,000. Then we got sick with COVID. We had to go home. <laughs> had to go to the house we're staying in. Three weeks, clear, clear our calendar. And uh, that's not what you want to be doing while you're on furlough. But my pastor said, God's going to make you slow down. Uh, one way or another and so we slowed down cleared our calendar for about three weeks and just stayed in house quarantined ourselves pastor called me uh, brother josh williams in uh, south carolina while we were in there laying on our, on our on our back sick and he said preacher he said are you sitting down i said yes sir i'm sitting down and he said uh, god raised over twenty five thousand dollars at our camp meeting for that building purchase and he told me he told me Recently, he said it's up to 33000 that God's provided just at his meeting. And uh, about three days later, again, we were still at home sick. We were supposed to be at these meetings, but, but God didn't let us go. And uh, another pastor called me in North Carolina. He said we, we've raised $12,000 for the building purchase there in Saranda. So now we're up to $70,000, and I give God all the glory uh, for the provision he's made. All we needed was 50000 to get the, the thing started. But God's already provided 70000 And so I'm so excited to get back to Albania and uh, start the building purchase. If you would help us pray about that. We have about 148 payments, more payments to make of $1,500 a month to complete the purchase. So if you all would help us pray about that. Second Kings chapter 6. Second Kings chapter 6. We'll read these verses and uh, pray God speaks to our hearts this morning. Amen. If we're, I believe if we come to church looking for a word, God will give us a word. Sure. Amen. But if we'll ask Him, I, I'd like to ask God, walking in the doors, Lord, what would you say to me this morning? And God's always faithfully given me something. Amen. From His word. Amen. Second Kings chapter six. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. And take thence every man a beam, and make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. That sounds like the Great Commission, doesn't it? Yes. Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. Amen. I thank God for the great companion in the Great Commission. Uh, he said, he said, uh, he told the people, he told the disciples, he said, go ye therefore into all nations and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And a little bit further, he said, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'm glad he said he would go with us. We don't have to go alone in this work of God. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe had fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. He cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand 
and took it. Let's pray together. Please pray for us. Blessed Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for the opportunity to stand behind the pulpit, this holy desk, one more time and preach the Word. Lord God, I pray you'd make preaching everything that you've intended for it to be today. I pray, Lord God, we wouldn't be a hindrance. Lord God, we wouldn't grieve the Holy Spirit. Lord God, but I pray you'd take us, Lord, and your grace take us and use us this morning to be uh, exactly what we need to be for your people. Lord, use our mouth, use our lips, Lord God. Help us to say everything that needs to be said and, and nothing that should, shouldn't be said, Lord God. Lord, we'll give you glory and praise for everything that you've done. Thank you for the call into the ministry. Use us now, Lord God, for your glory. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the precious blood that he shed on Calvary's cross for our sin. Thank you, dear God, that that blood went deeper in our heart than the sin stain had gone. And thank you, dear God, that we're saved, Lord God. As Lord God, as D.L. Moody said it, we gained more in Christ than we ever lost in Adam. Thank you, dear God, that we're saved, saved, saved. And thank you, dear God, I don't have to worry about going to hell this morning. Thank you that I'm on my, on my way to heaven. And thank you for everybody that's going with us. And I pray for this one here this morning that's not going on that road to heaven. I pray, dear God, today they would choose to give their life to Jesus. They would choose to place their faith in Christ as their Savior, their personal Savior. In Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. 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 Uh, I want to preach out of these scriptures just for a few moments. And uh, we have several different titles the Lord's allowed us to, to use in preaching this particular text. And I'm not quite sure which one we'll go with. Amen. We'll just start preaching and then we'll see which one we jump on to. <laughs> and so we see some men here. They were, they were some industrious men. They were, they had a great vision and they saw the place where they were dwelling and they said, uh, because of the growth, I would imagine, uh, there, it was too small. That word too straight, it means too small. It was a small dwelling place. And they went to the man of God. Now, I appreciate some men that know how to follow the man of God. Amen. They, they went to the man of God in a sense seeking his approval, seeking his blessing, uh, uh, knowing that there is authority in the church. So they went and they said, let us go, we pray thee. And I do believe that if the man of God had said, no, uh, this is not something that needs to be done, they would have said, yes, sir. But they were, because they were seeking his approval. But he said, uh, and take, let us go, verse number two, let us go, we pray thee unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam. And can I say, there's a work for us all to do. One preacher used that as his title. He said, every man a beam. Every man has a work to do. Every man has a load to carry. Every man has something. Uh, I don't know what your beam is. Uh, it may be a little different than mine. My beam is working over in Albania, uh, putting some churches together for God's glory. But can I say, you have a beam. You have something in front of you that God wants you to do. God called you uh, not just to sit in the church pew and to warm the church pew and to make the church look full, but 
but God wants every man to have a beam. Amen. Uh, one preacher said, he said when they would carry the cross in those Roman days, what it really was, was a beam that was laid across the shoulder and the man's arms would be tied to it until he got to the cross. And so in that sense, we have a cross to carry. Every man has a cross to carry. Amen. We all have a beam. We all have something that God wants us to do. Amen. Let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he said, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. Can I say I'm glad? I know I said it again, but I'm glad I'm glad I have somebody with me. To share the heavy load. Amen. I'm glad I have somebody walking this trail to glory with me. I'm glad as the preacher said this morning, there's somebody with me in the flames. Amen. I thank God for that. Those three Hebrew boys that, that trusted God enough to get thrown in that fiery furnace. I'm glad when they got in there, they realized they weren't alone. Amen. And I love what the pastor said. He said the only things they lost in that fire were the bands that tied them up. I thank God for the fires of life. It may look hard uh, getting thrown in the fire but I'm glad it won't do nothing but help you. Amen. It won't do nothing but encourage you. It won't do nothing but push you further on that road to heaven. And it will advance you. Can I say it that way? It will advance you. The, the fires are sent in your life to advance you for the glories of God. Those trials that you're facing, uh, it may look like everything's falling apart. That's what Jacob said in the Old Testament. He said, uh, he said, my son Joseph's gone. My son Simeon's gone. He said, uh, now, and now you're, you're going to take Benjamin away. He said, he threw up his hands, I believe, as all these things are against me. Uh, but what he, what he really couldn't see was Joseph was alive and he was ruling in Egypt. Simeon was in his brother's care. That I know Joseph loved his brethren. Amen. And Benjamin, he was going to the place he'd be the safest. And what he could, what Jacob couldn't see in that Old Testament story, all those things that looked like they were against him were actually for him. They were working for His good. And I give God glory for that. I thank God that even when it seems things are against us, God is the one that can take what someone intended for evil and turn it into good. (coughs) Forgive my cough, please. Verse number 4, So He went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam... The axe head fell into the water. I was wondering what this axe head represents, praying about it. I was trying to put it on one thing. This is what the axe head is. And But as I was praying, I felt as if the Lord was leading my heart, saying, well, it may be something different for everybody. When you're doing some work for God, I know what, I know that axe head is needed for the forward progress of the work. Because when the axe head was gone, the work came to a halt. This man, he, he had a, he had a handle in his hand. And, but when that axe head was gone, that handle was useless. And uh, he could have kept on swinging it, acting like he was doing something. And, but we, we all know he would have looked pretty foolish. Amen. And that's the, probably the way a lot of church folks are today. Some things are falling apart in their life and they're still trying to act like things are going well, trying to look like things are right. And, and, but what they don't know and everybody else can see it is they look foolish trying to serve God without getting things in their life put back together, get their life 
under the authority of God. Acts head may be something different for everyone. In my studies, I was thinking, well, I wonder if it's Jesus. He said, but I know Jesus is not a tool that we use. We're the tools in his hand. Amen. But he did say, without me, you can do nothing. Amen. Without him, there's no forward progress. We need Jesus. How's your relationship with Jesus this morning? How's my relationship with Jesus this morning? Amen. If you do our hearts good to search and, and to make sure things are right and say, Lord, uh, can you see if there be any wicked way in me? Have we lost Jesus somewhere? The best thing to do is, like Mary and Joseph, when they lost him in Luke chapter 2, go back to the last place you remember having him. I do want to say this morning, we're not talking about a loss of salvation. Amen. We do not believe, according to the scriptures, that you can lose your salvation. Once you're a believer, you're secure. You're kept by the power of God, not by your own power. (coughs) But I will say this. I've used an axe before. I've used a hammer before. My dad didn't have, I wish he did, one of those fancy log splitters where you just push the lever and the hydraulic splits the log in half. I wish my dad had one of those. But my dad, he would just hand us that big wooden handle. Well, I think it was a fiberglass handle. And something he got at Home Depot and sent my brother and I out there and we would chop wood, split the wood, getting it ready for the fireplace. And we thought, we thought it was fun, actually, at that age. Because we were we were teenagers and and we wanted to get big and buff like everybody else. Amen. We were playing baseball and we said we're going to do this. We're going to be tough. And so we started splitting logs and it was fun for about fifteen minutes. And then it got it got to where it was too hard. But say all that to say, using a hammer, using an axe, using a log splitter, I knew when the head was getting loose. Amen. And it would have been careless for me to continue working knowing that the head on the handle was getting loose. I was putting, knowing that head was getting loose, I was putting myself in danger. I was putting my brother in danger. I could have kept on working, acting like nothing was wrong, saying, well, we can finish these last few few logs here, and then we can get in the house and and just say we're done. We can get back to the video games. (laughs) But... This man here, things got loose in his life. It got loose. And maybe he was in a hurry. I don't know. But I, I see, and I know it's not specifically pointed out here, but I see a slight failure on this man's side. Because you know when a head is getting loose. You know when things are getting loose. And when things getting loose, uh, it's time to get it fixed before somebody gets hurt. Because when when you get loose in your life, when your living gets loose, uh, you may say you're only putting yourself in danger, but no, there's a lot of people around you that are close to you in your life. And and what you don't realize is you're putting them in danger as well because when that axe head flies off, it may hit somebody, hurt somebody. It may wound somebody or even uh, mortally wound them. Can I say uh, we need to be careful to keep the axe head tight on the handle <laughs> I watched a few YouTube videos about how to keep the axe head tight on the handle, and, and it was very interesting. One of them said, you take the wooden axe handle, keep the head on it there, and you dip a rag in oil, and you wrap it around, and you just set it over, the, over in the corner. Well, you put it in a plastic bag, 
Set it over in the corner and just let it sit. Just let it sit there in the oil. And he said, as it sits there, that wood would begin to soak up the oil. The axe head and things that were loose all of a sudden become tight. And, and the things that were, uh, that were coming apart all of a sudden not coming apart anymore. Why? Because it was sitting in the oil. One person, he said, this is what I do. He said, I just take the whole thing and just stick it down in the oil and set the whole bucket of oil over there and let it soak. Amen. He said, he said in 15 minutes won't work. He said, you can't just stick it in there 15 minutes, pull it back out and say, okay, I'm ready to go to work. No, 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 no. He said, you need to sit it over there for about seven days. And just let it sit there. Forget about it. Go go about your business. Do something else. And just let that axe head soak in the oil. Amen. And that oil in the Bible, we know it's a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. And can I say a lot of times when our axe head, Brother Dean McNeese said it like this. He said, uh, and I wrote it down in my Bible. He said, many of our, he, I think he went to the point of saying all of our failures, our prayer failures. All of our failures are prayer failures. I wonder if we spent more time in that prayer closet talking to God, asking God's opinion on things in our life and and get to the point to where that prayer closet is not just a one... 15 minute session of our life every morning but it's something that goes with us throughout the day and, and, and that prayer becomes not just a few minutes of our life but it becomes a way of life Amen. And, and that prayer gets to a point to where it's a constant uh, communication between you and God and, and there's a prayer without ceasing Amen. in our life Amen. can I say I want to work with somebody that likes keeping the axe head tight on the handle Amen. Amen. If you can work around me, can I beg you for my family's sake? Amen. For my sake, can I say please uh, uh, keep your axe head tied on the handle. I've got kids walking around here. Amen. I've got a family uh, that I want want to see the power of God. And I want to beg everybody here, can I say, uh, uh, keep your axe head on the handle. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Stay in the Scriptures. Amen. Stay in your prayer closet. Because i got kids, amen, that are watching you. Uh, Whether you know it or not, amen, there's Facebook everywhere. Facebook in Albania and we hear about things that go on in the States and, and what a shame it is to come back over here to the States and see somebody that was in the fire they're no longer in the fight and, and somebody that was on fire for God it seems their fire has gone out and I want to plead with you this morning uh, keep your axe head tied on the handle Amen <coughs> we see here there was a stirring problem the axe head fell into the water It caused a bit of commotion here where there was normally some forward progress going on. There was commotion. There was, there was a small uproar here because the axe head was gone. Everybody saw it happen. And now the man, he's left, he's left with axe handle. I want to say this too. Don't throw your axe handle away. A lot of people do that. When something falls apart in their life, I take that axe handle. So I was doing my best trying to serve God. And things got rough and things fell apart. I was trying to do right. I was trying to do something for God. I was, I was working with a man of God. I was working with the people of God. Things fell apart in my life and, and they're, and they're tempted to take, the axe head fell in the water. Then they want to take the axe handle and sling it off into the woods and say, I'm done. Can I say no? It may look like things have fallen apart in your life, but just hold on. Hold on to what you have left. 
hold on to what you have left because I got good news about the axe head. Amen. I, I know somebody. Well, let's read about him. Amen. Verse number five, it says, but as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water and he cried and said, alas, Master. Amen. He took the axe handle to somebody that was called the master. Amen. He called on a master. There was somebody that knew how to put the axe head back together. When things fell apart, he only had was the axe handle left and he took it to the one called master. And it seems as if he knew something about a verse that said, casting all your cares on him because he careth for you. Amen. I'm glad I can take my problems to the one that's called the master. I'm glad I serve one that's called the master. <coughs> He's the master of the sea. Another something, a song I think about when I see this. I think about myself as the axe head. Amen. As I was seeking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master, amen, of the sea, he heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help, amen. I was at a point in my life where nothing else could help, but I'm glad I had a Savior. I'm glad there's a God in heaven, and the Bible says, this morning he's a God of love amen I'm glad he reached out in that water picked me up and put my life back together amen for his glory I give him glory this morning amen that was a stirring problem the axe head fell off in the water he lost what he needed for the forward progress what have we lost have we lost anything or are we getting loose in danger of losing something Relationship with Jesus, that connection we have with Christ, our devotion time, prayer time. One thing I've noticed here in the States <coughs> is a lot of folks have lost their church time. Amen. Everywhere I go, everywhere we go, pastor says, I'm sorry, brother. Crowd's just not been what it used to be since COVID. A lot of folks have lost their church time. I, I watch church on internet Probably more than anybody, amen, living in Albania. But it's just not the same as being here with you. Worshiping with a group together, worshiping God together. Thank God for church time. Amen, Amen. Martha. I thank God for, there's something about church. I I can turn on church on TV in about five minutes. I'm just going to be honest with you. Five minutes, I'm like, I don't know what baseball videos I could watch. I'll flip it over there. I'll say, I'll keep this screen on television, on church. I'll keep, put this screen on baseball. And before long, I'm just watching the baseball screen, watching the NASCAR screen. It's so easy to change. But there's something about coming to church that makes me want to get on my knees first and say, Lord, I don't want to be a hindrance to the service. Lord, would you please search me and see if there's anything wrong in me. And walking in the doors, I see everybody else coming. And I say, Lord, will you speak to me at the house of God today? Will you help me to be a blessing, not a burden in the church, Lord? Will you help me to to be a help and not a hindrance at the house of God? There's something about being at church uh, that makes you do an inward search and and makes you want to please God and and makes you want to be holy. And when you get together with the bride of Christ, uh, boy, it's encouraging and as as we exhort one another to serve God, serve Christ our King. (coughs) Excuse me for just a moment. Martha, 
Her connection with Christ got loose in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Mary, she was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his words. Martha was cumbered about with much serving. That's a danger too, by the way. Not just getting away from Christ, but actually getting so overwhelmed in the work that you forget to sit at his feet and hear his words. Jesus said, that's what's needful. That's the one thing that's needful. And she had got so far away from Christ that she said some of the most foolish things. She went to the Savior and said, Lord, dost thou not care? She said that to Jesus. Dost thou not care? Yeah, That's how messed up she got in her mind. She had, she had got lost such a connection with God, such a connection with Christ, that she would even ask him the most foolish question. Dost thou not care to the one that went and hung on Calvary's cross for her sins? Uh, to the one that left heaven's glory and came down and walked on earth as a man? Uh, to the, to the one, that high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities? The one that said, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you? She looked at him and said, dost thou not care? That my sister hath left me. She even got critical of the one that was sitting at Jesus' feet. Somebody was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to Jesus' words. And she said, Dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? She got critical of her Savior. She got critical of the servant there at Jesus' feet. She lost her connection. She got loose with her connection. Jesus said, Martha, Martha. Cumbered about with much serving. He said, but Mary, she's chosen the good thing, the good part. Amen, the good part. It shall not be taken away from her. He said, that one thing that's needful, that shall not be taken away from her. There's one thing that's needful in our life. And for some reason, this one reason that lets me know all of this Bible's true. There's one thing that's so easy to set aside. And it's that time with Christ. That prayer time, that devotion time. It's easy to let the wall of our devotion get broken down and set aside. It was a stirring problem. (coughs) Can I say, keep your wall of devotion up. Keep your wall of devotion up. We'll try to watch the time here. In Albania, we have a lot of shepherds. I didn't realize this, Pastor, until later. I was just looking for a place to pray, a place because we're in a city. Neighbors on that side, neighbors on... You can't walk out on your balcony without seeing somebody. And I'm used to being raised up in the country where you can go out in the woods and pray, take your Bible, go sit in a stand somewhere, do something, get alone. And I told my wife, I said, I need to get out out of town here and go find somewhere to pray. So I found a little mountaintop. Actually, we went there with Brother Dean on one of our first trips to Albania. So I went back to that mountain. It was about 35 minutes, 40 minutes outside of Saranda. And I'd climb the mountaintop, sit on top of the mountain, beautiful view on all sides. And I'd sit there and pray. I just called it, I started calling it Prayer Mountain. Got a funny story about Prayer Mountain too. Tried to take some other guys up there one time. Brother Tim Lord, oh my goodness. He, he, he started sliding down the side of the mountain. Oh. And he's, he's, he's hollering at us like, well, we're not helping. There's nothing we could do. He was just sliding down. We just had just watch him go. But he, he finally stopped. He finally stopped and was able to get up. And it was it was sad to see our brother perishing without anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
Amen. That song, Rescue the Perishing. You want to rescue him, I mean, but uh, anyway. It's funny now. He can laugh about it now. But, uh, but while I was up on top of that mountain, around the top, I didn't notice it, but there was a rock wall. And it was, it's, it's, it's fell down. It's, it was about maybe double the stage here. Not really a beautiful wall, but just a rock wall. And somebody told me later, and I didn't realize what it was until a shepherd told me. He said they'll take, a shepherd will find a place like that and put rocks around it and build a rock wall to keep all of his sheep in and safe from the danger outside from the wolves. They'll build that rock wall around. And But this particular rock wall didn't have any sheep anymore. It had begun to fall down, began to crumble, fall apart. Maybe the shepherd was gone. I don't know. That's a sad story. A shepherd to be gone. But anyway, the wall was not well taken care of. And I say all that to say very simply, how's your wall looking this morning? How's your wall looking? Are you keeping your wall up? Wasn't even recognizable as a wall anymore. When one old man of God, he called that wall in our life, that wall, he, he preached out of Proverbs. He said, I went by the field of a slothful man. And he saw that wall was broken down. He called that the wall of devotion. How's your wall looking this morning? Does it look like a wall? When I stepped up on top of that mountain, I didn't even recognize that I could see a line of rocks where a wall used to be. How's your wall looking this morning? I'll tell you another story. You may have heard this, but I, it's such a blessing. Brother Dean uses it as well. We were with Brother Dean, McNeese, and there's a road that runs from Valor where Brother Ben Manley pastors a church down to Saranda, about a three-hour drive through the mountains. And on that drive, we see shepherds everywhere. Shepherds, goats, goats on the side of a mountain. It looks like it's straight up like that. I don't see how the goats even walk on the side of the mountain. It's amazing. We stop and we pass out Bible literature to these guys. And uh, But one time, <coughs> as we stopped, we saw a huge flock and they were crossing the road behind us. And so we stopped and we started taking pictures and just standing there looking at the shepherd, thinking about Christ as being our shepherd, wondering what kind of illustration we can find. We're all preachers. <laughs> What's the next illustration we're going to find? But all of a sudden, the shepherd went crazy. We thought he lost his mind. He's slamming his stick on the ground. The sheep start scattering. One flock goes running up the hill. The other flock goes right back down the hill. And we thought, that man has lost his mind. He's crazy. He, I don't know if he's mad at us. Didn't know what was going on. All we knew, this, this man, he starts slamming his stick on the pavement right there on the road. Some sheep are going that way. Some sheep are going that way. And this man, uh, he looked mean, looked crazy, hollering at his sheep, getting them to go. We didn't know what was going on. But that man, he had heard a truck coming around the turn. There was a truck that we didn't see the truck coming, but that shepherd heard it coming. And as he was coming around the turn, that shepherd, for the love of his sheep, 
for the love of his sheep, he started hollering, get out, in Albanian of course, but get out of the way, move, and slamming his stick on the ground, making them run up the hill, making them run down the hill, and trying to get them all, all because, not because he was a mean shepherd, but because he was a shepherd that loved his sheep, and he knew there was something dangerous coming around the turn. It may seem time to time that the, maybe the pastor gets up here, and we say, boy, that, that was a hard message. I wonder what's wrong with the pastor this evening. It may be that God's letting the man of God, there's some danger coming down your road. There's some danger coming your way. Amen. And you need to get out of the way. It may make you run down the hill. It may, may make you run up the hill, but it'll get you out of danger's way. Thank God for those people that stand and that'll preach the word to us when we need it. Oh my. <coughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna skip a little bit of the message here. For time's sake, but let's look down at verse 6. And the man of God said, where fell it? Where fell it? And so the worker, Second Kings chapter 6, verse 6. The man of God said, where fell it? And he showed him the place. He cut down a stick. I like this. A tree was involved in the solution. A tree will be involved in the solutions of your life as well. It'll be Calvary's tree. And it had to be, he cut down a stick. Cut down a stick, meaning it was cut off from the life source. Amen. There was one that was cut off from a life source so that things could be put back together in your life. Amen. There was something fell apart way back there at Adam and Eve, but there was somebody that was cut off from a life source, amen, so that things could be put back together. And so that division between us and God could be put back together again. I thank God for Jesus, amen, who cut off, but that I could be put back together. I thank God for Jesus, the one that was broken, so as as the songwriter said, so that I could be mended. He cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. I'll finish by saying this. There's so much more preaching here. <coughs> I love this scripture because there's so so much preaching in it. He cast it in thither. The iron did swim. And I just want to say simply, Calvary is enough. Amen. Calvary is enough in your life. There was a stick, there was a piece of a tree. That was cast in thither, cast into the situation that had gone wrong. And what was not supposed to happen, iron's not supposed to swim, by the way. Amen. What was not supposed to happen, what was supposed to be the end, uh, what was, that went down, that reminds me of Jesus in the grave. Uh, uh, the, the, the devils probably didn't think he was, I see, I see the crucifixion, I see, anyway. <laughs> what wasn't supposed to go down, what wasn't supposed to come back up, excuse me began to rise because there was a tree involved. Amen. Calvary is enough. Calvary is enough in your life. That widow woman, is it Zarephath? Supposed to take care of Elijah. Elijah went out there. Zarephath. And they found the woman gathering two sticks. Amen. Two sticks. Two sticks. <laughs> And she still told, and the man of God, of course, asking for the food. God had already told the woman she was supposed to take care of him. She said, I'm going to cook this last little bit of meal, this oil, and my son and I were going to die. They were at the end of the road. Amen. 
Oh my, thank God they were at the end of the road. I'm glad sometimes the end of the road with God is just the beginning. Amen. Amen. It may look like the end, but it's just the beginning. They were at the end of the road. Man of God showed up and they, he said, you make me a cake first. And he said something like the barrel of meal won't waste. The cruise of oil won't fail. And so she by faith took those two sticks and, uh, and she went and every time she go back to that barrel after that, uh, one, one preacher said it like this. Uh, she was scraping the bottom of her barrel, but she was just getting to the top of his barrel. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Just when you're down there scraping the bottom, you don't realize how close you are to that miracle. Amen. And anyway, one thing you never find that woman. She had a lot of meal. She had a lot of oil. This is just something that stood out to me. One thing you never find her searching for again is two sticks. Amen. <laughs> Meaning those two sticks she had in the beginning were enough to get her all the way through. Amen. Can I just tell you that this morning? Calvary, that that one offering of Jesus on the cross, that's enough. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but that Calvary that reached out and pulled your soul out of hell and pulled me up out of the miry pit, set my feet on a rock, and it was enough to get me through some hard times in life. Many people don't know this, but we visited a grave. We put a child in the ground, two weeks old. We put a child in the ground. That same that same Calvary that picked me up out of that pit came down to me at that graveside and picked me up out of there. Get hard, get hard times in Albania. That same cross can pick me up out of there. I'm glad that Calvary, Calvary is enough. Amen. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I know one thing for sure. Calvary is enough for you. Amen. It'll help you what you need this morning. It'll get your soul out of hell if you'll call out to Jesus today. It'll get your heart. Let's say it like this. It'll put things back together in your life. If your heart's broken, it'll put your heart back together. Amen. If your home's broken, it'll put your home back together. If your life's falling apart, it'll tighten things back up in your life for you. Calvary is enough. Amen. Amen, preacher. Amen. That's what God put in our heart to preach this morning. Glory to God.